Hello, I'm Gail. And hi, I'm Catherine. And welcome to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined, our weekly podcast. Our signature is sharing stories of vital women, 70 to 100 plus, who shatter the myth that women become irrelevant as we age. We appreciate your support. Join the Aging Reimagined Circle at WomenOver70.com, promote your book and books by women, and invite us to speak to your organization. And today we're really excited to bring to our show Joan Sotkin. Joan is 81. She's all about helping people understand how their habitual emotions affect their business, financial, and life outcomes. With her years of business experience and highly developed intuition, Joan gently and effectively leads clients to business and financial success. Her podcast and website videos found at prosperityplace.com ask you to consider what am I feeling about money? Referred to us by another podcaster, Aaron Marcus of Ready Next Podcast, Joan grew up in Patterson, New Jersey. She has two brothers and was raised in the Jewish faith. Her career began as a salesperson for great books of the Western world and as a talk show host. In 1972, Joan started meditating. In 1976, she gave away all her belongings, even though she was sick and had no money. And once while in deep meditation, she heard about tumbled stones and found her way into selling crystals. Joan was always interested in the emotions people have around money and their longing for connection. Once she discovered the internet, Joan forged a new path online, helping others understand their money habits. Today, Joan is a successful businesswoman, author, podcaster, mindset, and money coach. She is deeply interested in how one's family of origin affects your financial outcomes. So Joan Sotkin, welcome to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> Thank you. There are so many questions I want to ask you. You know, I watched a few of your videos. I listened to several interviews. And the whole idea of our relationship to finances in terms of feelings is intriguing. So let's start there. Is it your belief that our relationship with our finances, positive or negative, come from learned feelings and habits? Well, I think that our thoughts, beliefs, and emotions are habits that start early in ch childhood and that the emotions are the creative force behind our life stories. Mm -hmm. So I don't think things happen to you. I think they happen through you. And your finances and your relationship with money is one aspect of how you're expressing yourself in the world. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, there's this idea that if I'm not making a lot of money, there must be something wrong with me. <laughs> and my idea is there's nothing wrong with you that needs fixing. You just have habits that are affecting the decisions you make. And that's what's determining your life outcomes. Mm -hmm. And so all those decisions, you work with people to help them understand that? Yeah, well, the work I do is really wide reaching because I don't have any specific system that I use. I learn about the people and then most people who come to me know 
they've heard my podcast and they say, I've been listening to you for six months and I should have called sooner <laughs> because I have a different way of looking at things. And once you understand the habits behind your, not only your financial behaviors, but all of your behaviors, and you understand how your family of origin experience contributed to those habits, you can make decisions to change your habits. It's all about brain science, and it's not about something being wrong with you. So, so give us an example of a habit that might need changing. Okay. Let's say you have a habit, a disappointment habit. That's a very common one. Why do I keep having all this disappointment? Whatever I try doesn't work out for me. Or sometimes I get what I want and sometimes I don't. That's a habit. If you have a disappointment habit, First of all, you have to recognize it, that it's a habit and that there's not something wrong with you that's causing things not to go your way. And then the system that I use is, you know, what are you feeling? And a lot of people don't have a feeling vocabulary. So I have a way of discovering what you're feeling. When have I felt it before? And that gives you the option of seeing that you've done it over and over again. And what would I rather be feeling? And then do I know how to feel that? And then you have to train your brain every time you're feeling disappointed to take a breath and, and experience within you that feeling that you'd rather be feeling. Like supposing you want to feel successful. Do you know how to feel successful? And if you don't, then you have to teach that to yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, it does. And I also find it very helpful because it says, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. You have habits that need to be reframed. Exactly. And, and for me, the problem with psychology and a lot of coaching and, and even medicine is what's wrong with you that needs fixing. Mm -hmm. And what if there's nothing wrong with you? You just, this is how you learn to think and feel and be. And maybe you want to be a different way. I was a very sick, dependent, unhappy person. Mm. And, it, and one time I read this thing in the mind-brain bulletin that said that when people with multiple personalities change personalities, their whole body chemistry changes. Mm -hmm. One personality can have uh, diabetes and the other one doesn't. And that's when I realized, and this was many years ago, I realized that I had to change my persona, mm. that I couldn't change the essence of Joan Sotkin, but that how I was being in the world had to change. I had to stop getting all my attention for being sick. Mm -hmm. I had to learn how to be more confident and not, uh, not feel badly because the boys got more attention than the girls. I mean, all this stuff that's in our head is just what we've learned from our family of origin and our ethnic background. And, and we get to choose who we want to be. So here I am at 81 and I'm still 
growing and changing and I'm very alive and health. I decided I wanted to be a healthy person. Mm -hmm. So when, when a doctor told me that I could never be healthy, I was just a hypochondriac. And so I started learning about how the body works and what I had to do. And that's when I got into all sorts of alternative modalities. And so I made the decision to be a healthy person. Mm -hmm. Can you say a little bit more about some of the modalities that you, that you explored? You name one and I've probably been there. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, when I first started this 50 years ago, Um, And a doctor said to me, well, if you stop eating sugar, you won't be depressed anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I stopped eating sugar. And within a week, my whole world changed. Mm. Um, And I but I had so many other things that weren't working. I didn't find out till I was 65 that I have a genetic connective tissue disorder that was at the base of just about everything that was what was hurting me. and. But by that time, I had looked at each of the symptoms and I learned about microbiology and homeopathy and herbology. And and, I mean, I'm I'm a compulsive reader. (laughs) I like I love knowledge. And I began to understand the connection between emotions and health, not only emotions and money. And I saw how our emotions, as I said, are the creative force behind our life stories. And that by understanding these deep emotions that have so many dimensions to them beyond those four basic emotions, that I could change my life by changing my emotions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It makes well, sense. Some people, I'm sorry, feel that it's not possible to change their emotions. That's just, just, just how they are. It's how they feel. So what do you say to, to people who have come with that? If they want to believe that, that's their choice. <laughs> I, don't, I choose not to believe it. And I see that what you believe affects what happens in your life. If I believe that women are not as valuable as men, then I'll always be treated with a less than attitude. Mm-hmm. But I can't have a belief that's not connected to an emotion. Right. Mm-hmm. Every decision has an emotional component. You know, when I hear people talk about change your thoughts and your life will change, change your your beliefs and your life will change. And they kind of miss the whole point of the emotions because that's the create. You have thoughts, you have beliefs that lead to thoughts that lead to emotions. And the emotions are like the bridge between your internal and external worlds. Now, it doesn't like, It's not like you have a belief and then a thought. It all happens in a nanosecond. And we have to separate it just so we understand this. And it probably all happens simultaneously. But once you understand that it's just the neural neural pathways in your brain that determine the outcome and your behavior, then you can build new neural pathways in your brain. You're singing my song, Joan. That's that's great. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. I love it. And and I, as I said, I just think it it's very hopeful for people who are stuck to have this kind of new approach to how they can live. Yeah. So really, keep up this great work. 
Great work. Thank you. And, you know, it's so easy. I listened to, to your podcast where there was a woman talking about phosphatidylserine and how important that is for brain health. Uh -huh. Well, I've been taking that for years, but it's just one of the many things that I take. Uh -huh. um, you know, because I had genetic tests and discovered that I have all these genetic variations that were contributing to screwing up my life. You know, so, and, and with epigenetics, we can say, okay, what can I do to change that? Mm -hmm. And, you know, cause if you can't change, um, uh, genetic mutations, like the color of your eyes, unless, you know, I mean, you can put into contact lenses, but that's not exactly doing it. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so, but when you have these genetic variations, then then you can change the gene expression by changing your lifestyle including the supplements you're taking i know a lot of doctors say that the supplements are just a waste of time i don't think so they've saved my life mm. Mm -hmm. oh, good to know and and so well i we want to talk more about this for sure you have a fascinating background and how you got to where you are now. So, so just tell us briefly about why the crystal business fascinated you. What, what made you get into that originally? Well, I was on this journey where I had given everything I owned away. So I was spending enormous amounts of time in meditation. And one day I heard, go buy a pound of tumbled stones. And... <laughs> And because I had learned to follow the instructions that I was getting, um, my mother, I was staying with my parents at the time at Lake Hopatcong, New Jersey. And my mother had been giving away these uh, mineral specimens with a little pewter animal on them she would paste on. And so I knew there was a lapidary store. And, and I went and I said, I need a pound of tumbled stones. I had no idea what that meant. <laughs> and and the, the fellow said, what size? And my hand just went up about the, you know, I made a little circle about the size of a quarter. And I said, that size. And a week later, I had a pound of tumbled stones and I was enthralled by them. And then in meditation, I started getting instructions on how to energize the stones. Now, my father was pretty annoyed that I was living at his house and and not making any money and i discovered if i took those stones and went like to the local health food store that i could sell the stones i've always liked selling <laughs> so so i would tell the people to hold on to it and and i would do this little energy thing and they felt better and the headache went away and one woman told me how a week later, she found the thing she was looking for. And so I was fascinated by it. And at one point, my father said, there's a box of rocks downstairs in the basement. Why don't you go get them? And in the box of rocks were these crystals. And that just became a big business. <laughs> you know, I wound up, um, I had a line of stones called Jones Stones that I energized for um, different things, peace and serenity and, and spirituality. And they were in 600 stores. 
and and I <laughs> I was the first person to market crystals and minerals for healing and meditation nationwide. Mm. Wow. <laughs> when when was that? What year was that? That was in the 1980s. And and I was the first person to do that. I was mailing out 50,000 catalogs at a time. I figured out how to use a, 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 a Mac and how it was when the little, you know, the, the old classic Macs were there. And I figured out how to do a, 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 a catalog. And, and, and I had learned about mail order because I was so sick that I used to think that I'd never get out of the house and I'd better learn about mail order because <laughs> then I would have a way of making money staying in the house. I didn't realize until I learned that there were people who were dropping 32 million pieces at a time. <laughs> so I was fascinated by the whole idea of mail order and, and, and I wound up creating this mail order catalog and learning how to market it. <laughs> and, and how long did you, are you still doing that, John? Or how long did you do that? I, I, as a matter of fact, I've been, I've been letting go of the crystals. I, I had so many left over <laughs> that I created an Etsy shop at one point <laughs> and someone bought a crystal and then I realized I had to ship it. Um, mm -hmm. And I used to have a shipping clerk who took care of all that little stuff. And I wasn't selling just one little crystal at a time. I was selling a dozen at a time. Mm -hmm. So I decided that that wasn't the thing to do. So I'm as much as I love sourcing crystals and sourcing the 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 little things that go with it, like like deity statues and stuff like that. Um, I've got it all packed up and I'm waiting to see where they all want to go. I still have the 40 pound crystal. <clears throat> that I bought many years ago, <laughs> and that's still here. And uh, I have, you know, some interesting specimens that I keep. I love quartz and I love minerals. I find them fascinating. Quartz um, has the ability to transmit and amplify energy, which is why they're used in uh, crystal radio sets. Mm -hmm. And I believe that quartz helps us tune into the deeper part of ourselves, the electromagnetic energies within ourselves. So they become a tool for a deeper, deeper personal learning. Mm -hmm. And, and <laughs> so. You think it's easy to be Joni Sotkin? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so where were you living when you when you were in the in the crystal business? Were you still in uh, in New Jersey? No, I was in uh, Venice, California. Oh, that mm -hmm. sounds better. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, and and it wasn't that weird. And um, I wound up with a store in Venice. And um, I mean, I I couldn't. I had no business background. I did come from. My father was an entrepreneur, and both of my grandparents, my grandfathers, were entrepreneurs. But um, I had to figure out business, and and it was when uh, I I it was the first time I used a computer, and so I had to learn software. And but I love to learn, uh -huh. and I'm pretty good at it. So <laughs> it just you know, and I love the idea of advertising and sales. 
when I graduated from college in 1962, I was selling great books of the Western world door to door. <laughs> Cold canvassing Britannica owners. Not many uh, women doing that. <laughs> no, not in 1962. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I learned to love to say, sign here, please. Do you want the books delivered on Tuesday or Thursday? You know. <laughs> so, so, but you ran into trouble, right? You you with, ran into uh, you declared bankruptcy. Oh yeah, I didn't know how to manage cash flow, so <laughs> I had eighty thousand in today's money, eighty thousand dollars a month coming in, <laughs> and all I knew how to do was buy more crystals. I had wonderful crystals, but <laughs> it doesn't last if you keep spending it all. And then in the midst of my sending out fifty thousand catalogs, my father was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. and and died and when you deal with that kind of thing in the family there's the emotions yeah the the most people who go through divorce or death they often have money problems because it's easier to feel the loss of the money than the loss of the person hmm. interesting uh-huh can yeah. you say a little bit more about the the relate people's relationship with money. What are some of the major issues that you hear in your coaching pr practice? Well, first of all, it's important to understand not only is there nothing wrong with you, it's never about money. Okay. So if you're having a money problem and you ask, what am I feeling? Then you'll know why you have that money problem. Uh, common problems are for entrepreneurs, especially up and down income. You know, why do I have to go through these downs before I go through the ups? And there's a whole thing I can do about that. Um, how come I can't make as much money as I think I'm worth? Um, and, and there's just, you know, whatever, there's so many emotional problems behind the money that you never know what's going to show up. People, sometimes come to me like i have one male client who i've been working with for quite a while who's very wealthy and has a very successful business but knew that he needed to know more about emotions mm -hmm. so if people find me on google because they have googled money and emotions and they find me that's what they come to me with but if they're i i I used to work with a lot my book, Build Your Money Muscles, was written for people who are financially disabled, which I was at one point. And people just, you know, they suffer financially and they want to know what's wrong with me that I can't make more money. Or why am I so stuck at this point financially? Um, and uh, it's never about money. So we have to help them figure out what it's about. And, and your premise is that once you know that, then you can have a breakthrough and move forward. Let me give you an example. Okay. Suppose you look at your bank account and you say to yourself, oh my God, look how little I have. How come I can't make money as much money as Joe Schmo? What are you feeling? You're feeling shame. 
-hmm. And that, and we live in this very shame-based society and shame will act itself out as not enough money. Surprise. <laughs> so you stop thinking about the money and you, you understand the shame and how when you were little, you were abused or neglected or you never had any value in your family and you were taught shame. And, and so once you understand where it comes from, then you can say, okay, first of all, I'm going to let myself feel this. Feel it so deeply that it feels like it's never going to go away. And that's when it goes away. Because feelings by their nature want to be expressed. Mm -hmm. and, and so then you can ask, okay, I feel it. I got it. Feels awful. What would I rather be feeling? I'd rather feel confident. Do you know how to feel that? No. Then you have to practice it. Or read the book, The Confidence Code, which is for written for women, and it's very good in explaining why women tend to not be confident. And you can always learn how to change your feelings if you're open to the idea. If you want to stay stuck in that less than space, you have that option. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, very, very interesting. So what type of person usually seeks counseling in this area from you? Well, every time they tell me to to define my target market. Right. And everything I every time I think I'm defining it, it changes. Okay. <laughs> so my I used to think that I should work with people in my age group. Um, but they don't want to change that much. So suddenly I, you know, I have a podcast. So people listen to my podcast and then they call me. And, and so now I'm working mostly with people between 30 and 50. Mm -hmm. And I have a couple of older people, you know. So I don't know. I just want to work with anyone who, who likes what I have to say. <laughs> so your podcast is Prosperity Place? No, the podcast is The Prosperity Show. Ah. I am the only Joan Sotkin in the entire world. So it, I'm really easy to find. Okay. Yeah, that's great. So um, do you ever think about your own aging, Joan? You're 81. Oh, a lot. Mean I, anything to you? Oh, I I decided a long time ago that I, I knew I had to age, but I didn't want to get old, old. <laughs> so I started noticing how old people walk, <laughs> slightly bent over with their head forward and shuffling along. And I made sure not to let that happen. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I follow all the rules. My brother had my brother, who's also very healthy in his seventies, says, "Don't eat crap and work out hard." So <laughs> I, I think he's I, on, he on to something there, <laughs> right? Um, and so I, I gave up sugar in 1973, and I have not eaten it since. I eat mostly organic. I meditate every day. I walk two miles a day as long as it's not freezing out. And um, I take care of myself. And, and I, I've developed this very positive attitude. And, and so when people see me, they say, you don't look 80. Or now it's 81. I keep getting older each year. And, 
And, and they say to me, you don't look it, but you don't act it either. And so what I did was study how old people behave and decided not to do that. Remember, you have choices. And I stopped fetching. You know, oh, my God, I know why I feel and what the kids are doing. And I, I don't complain. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I really see that good and bad is just in our mind and that we have the choice of not judging everything in our lives or judging other people and coming from a place of love. Love is the healer. That's what I try to live. <laughs> Very interesting. Catherine, you have any other questions for John? Oh, this I could I have many questions, but um, I think that's a lovely, <laughs> a lovely note to to close on. Well, thanks, John. This this has been terrific. I really appreciate I appreciate your being interested in what I have to say. <laughs> very. I know our listeners are very interested as well. And uh, so listeners, subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. Visit womenover70.com to access all of our episodes and easily search by name or category. Join us on the first Tuesday of each month to enjoy programming beyond the podcast, hosted by Aging Reimagined Circle. Membership information is on our website, www.womenover70.com. And we'll see you next Wednesday on Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined.